0: Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. But before I read that, please join with me in prayer. Speak to us your word, O God, that we may hear Jesus' call to be his disciples. Amen. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went a little farther. He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, And they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Last week, we began our series on calling. And fittingly, Brad began with that iconic burning bush call of Moses. This week, as we turn to the New Testament, our call story has a lot less flash and bang to it. It's a rather ordinary setting. The two sets of brothers, four disciples, are in the midst of their work. We find them in their daily routine. Mark takes us first to Simon and Andrew, who are at the Sea of Galilee, a lake that spans around eight miles wide and 12 miles deep. Situated in the valley of some beautiful rolling hills. There, they live with their families and make their living as fishermen. We find them in the midst of tending to their nets, a tedious but necessary task. Simon and Andrew are not the only ones fishing the lake. A little bit farther up, there's James and John. They seem to be a decently well-off fishing family, as they are in the boats not only with their father, but with several hired hands. Mark doesn't tell us much more than this. We don't know if they knew Jesus or had heard his teaching. We don't know how educated they were. All we know is that they were ordinary people going about their work when this wondrous calling occurred. Cue Jesus, no introduction, no preamble to the call, no test of fitness for these ordinary folks. Jesus calls them and his call is clear, follow me. Leave what you're doing and follow me. Where to? We don't know. To do what? He doesn't say, but Jesus shows up and personally calls to Simon and Andrew and then to James and John for them to come with him to follow his lead. In case you're wondering, this isn't typical for the time they lived in. It was as odd for them as it would be for us today. Imagine you're in the middle of cutting your grass and someone walks up and shouts, Hey, follow me! Or you're in your office putting finishing touches on a project that you've been working on, and this guy storms into your office and says, Hey, follow me. You see, the practice of having students or disciples who learned under a rabbi was common for this time. But that's not how this went. Normally, the rabbi would teach in the synagogue, or a philosopher would lecture in the public square, and then those who agreed with their teachings or were impressed with their knowledge would seek them out and ask to learn from them. This call isn't like that. Jesus turns it upside down, and instead of waiting for them to be impressed and come to him, he calls. Them to follow. Now we don't know for sure if this is exactly how it happened. After all, we know that the Gospels aren't contemporaneous eyewitness accounts. But we do know this is how the call is presented. And Mark presents it this way for a reason. So we should ask. What can we learn from this calling that happened so suddenly and is heated immediately? There are so many things I loved about my time at North Carolina State University. I loved that we had an incredible veterinary school, which as a byproduct meant that we had our own dairy cows, our own creamery, and the best homemade ice cream. I loved that we were situated in eastern North Carolina so that the barbecue was prepared the only way it should be, chopped pork in the most heavenly vinegar-based sauce that had ever graced your mouth. And because Raleigh was situated just a few hours from the coast, it was also beautifully influenced by coastal Carolina. We were graced with beach music. Late in my sophomore or early into my junior year, my friends Jen and Seth helped me learn just how wonderful beach music was. Those up-tempo rhythmic melodies put a smile on your face and you couldn't help but shuffle your feet, even if you weren't a good dancer. It was through cultivating this love for beach music that I became a member of Red's Beach Music. A shag club just a few miles from campus. Now, if you're not familiar with Carolina Shag, it's a simple swing style dance, and it goes beautifully with the four four rhythm of beach music. Reds taught me all that I ever need to know about shag dance. It instilled in me the basic step. One, two, three, one, two, three, back step. One, two, three, one, two, three, back step. Enter Thomas Whitley, who grew up in a family that loved beach music, spent their summers on the coast of North Carolina, and raised their children to do the shag. The difference was, in the Whitley family, you felt the music. Early on in our relationship, I attended a wedding with Thomas's family and was so excited when the DJ began to play beach music. And Thomas agreed to dance with me, and I was ready to see those moves. I couldn't wait to show off my skills. And then it happened. We fell apart on the dance floor. Thomas just kept telling me, follow me, feel the music, just follow my lead. And all I wanted to do was use my plan Stay in my comfort zone. Why couldn't he just get it right? Why did I have to follow him? If he would just do the basic, we would be able to dance together. When I hear the sudden call of the disciples in our scripture lesson this morning, I can't help but be transported back to that dance floor. The call of Christ, follow me, didn't come with a basic step. Jesus doesn't lay out a plan or give them a guide for why and how they are to follow. This wondrous calling to follow me requires an act of faith. And all over again, I begin to feel my anxiety rise. You see, I love a good plan. I like knowing where the next step is going to take us. But this is not an issue for those four fishermen. The call of Christ is not just for those disciples on the shore. It's for you and me. Ordinary people in the midst of our routine. And Christ's call requires that we let go of our plans and take a step of faith. But Jesus doesn't end his call with follow me. He says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. So yes, there's uncertainty in where the call will lead. But there was certainty in community. You see, this call was not meant to be in isolation. When they went fishing, it was never a gal, her rod and reel, and some time for self-reflection. Fishing was a multi-person endeavor. Those nets, in order to be cast, required more than one set of hands. And then to pull in the fish when the nets were full, well, that would require a team this wondrous calling was a communal call to come and be a part of a movement, to come and work alongside the master. When Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fish for people, it was a call to take on a whole new identity, not just to add something to our task list, This wasn't something Simon could squeeze in into his already busy schedule. Well, I think I'm free in the evening this week, as long as it's not the third Monday. No, the call of Christ requires these fishermen to take up new identities, weaving discipleship into all they did. You know, what's challenged me most about this passage is the response of Simon, Andrew, James, and John. Jesus calls, and they go. They go immediately in the middle of their work, leaving their father behind. They don't take time to weigh out the options. They don't set out a plan. They simply respond, stepping out in faith. That's the thing about this wondrous calling. Just as Christ calls those ordinary fishermen on the shore of Galilee, God is calling to you and to me each and every day. In the midst of our laundry and errands, in the midst of our nine-to-five job and our book clubs, the wondrous calling of Christ comes to us. Follow me. Take up a new identity, one that's woven into all you do, and become part of a new community, the beloved community. It doesn't come with guarantees of ease or success, but it has kingdom impact. So this day, let's step out in faith and begin to cast our net. Let's embody the gospel of Christ that brings sight to the blind and release to the captives. Let's take on a new identity as fishers of people, fully joining this community as the people of God. And let's see what wondrous things God can do through us. To the glory of God. Amen.